Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a great guest interview for you. We are going to talk to a new author about her book, Astounding Truths of the Bible. She's going to share with us several truths of the Bible and how we can better understand them and apply them to our lives. So I can't wait to share this episode with you and encourage you in your faith. Welcome to Faith Field Woman, a podcast designed for Christian women eager to deepen their faith and shine God's light in every aspect of their lives. Each week, we'll delve into practical strategies, inspiring stories, and biblical wisdom to equip you with the tools you need to navigate life's challenges and grow deeper in your faith. From finding calm in the chaos, forming deep Christian friendships, to everyday ways to connect with God, we'll cover it all. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Let's be encouraged in our everyday lives as we let our faith guide us, fuel us, and fill us with God's incredible peace, wisdom, and joy in our lives. Today on the show, I would like to welcome my guest, Annie Weber. She is the author of the new book, Astounding Truths of the Bible. She is known for her bold and uncompromising approach to sharing God's word. She lives with a keen awareness of how the truth of scripture has led her to put her faith in Christ. Annie is a wellness enthusiast and venture seeker, an amazing wife to Brian. They live with their four roommates and enjoy the journey of parenting teens and a toddler. She enjoys beach time, fitness, photography, snorkeling, hosting parties, making people laugh, and exercising her social skills. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this conversation because I love most all of those things as well. And I know you're going to get so many good uh, tidbits today from her uh, upcoming book that she's going to share some of those ideas with us and what she's learned writing the book. And we're just going to talk about life and how do we deepen our faith journey. So I want to welcome her today. Welcome, Annie. Thank you so much, Kristen. So can you just first start start off by telling us a little bit about what does life look like and what got you from what life was before to writing this book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, life currently, I'm on the beautiful island of Guam, which is a U.S. territory way, way, way far um, west of Hawaii, about seven hours. Um, I'm here because my fe- my husband took a federal job here and my roommates I'm referring to in the introduction, those are my four kids. Um, so my, my main priority is being a, a lovely wife to Brian and, um, a, you know, an exceptional mom to my four kids, which only happens by God's grace. And most recently, the past year I spent um, writing this book, Astounding Truths of the Bible, which was a very clear calling from the Holy Spirit to write about the Bible in plain language, easy to understand. Um, I know who this book is written to because it was written to someone like me who didn't open a Bible till I was 28 years old. So this would have been something like a tool that would have been instrumental in my beginning of my faith journey. Mm, so good. Yeah. So, you know, when you said that, I have to be honest, the first thing I want to know is, can you just tell us about that kind of feeling prompted or called to write the book? Because yeah, I mean, number one, there's nothing naturally in my skill set that I would even call myself a writer. I mean, number one, I'm a high extrovert. So the discipline of sitting every day over a laptop and writing and researching and studying with three study Bibles open, none of that is really natural to me. I mean, I'd much rather be out working the social scene or, you know, out on a hike, like doing all the Guam activities. So um, moving here last year, just a little over a year ago, completely cleared my schedule. I moved from Northern Virginia, which I had a you know a very full schedule. So um, it was very clear to me, like, you know, this is going to be a thing and I'm going to be obedient to this calling. 
Um, my schedule was clear and I spent every day when my son was in preschool, just working on the project. Um, but yeah, the original idea came to me. I actually remember I was sitting, um, in the car back in Virginia at my daughter's volleyball practice. And the name was even very clearly given to me, astounding truth. So I started writing them on Instagram, just one finger typing. Um, and then of course, you know, the move triggered, let's get serious. Let's go buy a laptop. Let's do this, you know, like put them into writing, put them in a Word document. But I told no one, I mean, I had this vision a couple of years before, but it was like top secret. Like I can't, I can't even, right. just, I didn't even tell my husband, like it wasn't, it was very much like a very private thing, but clearly I need to do this and I need to be obedient. Right. Absolutely. Oh, so good. So yeah. In that, that sense, I just want to encourage people because so many people I talk to, right. It's he's trying to work, you know, in us and through us. And, but you're exactly right. We have to take the step. We have to do the work, right? You know, we'll be guided, but we have to actually take action. And so, you know, and it might seem scary, but the good news is if you do one little thing at a time, it's it's really not that bad, you know? And it, and then it becomes amazing and exciting and it's life-changing, you know, because yeah. the people you meet and the conversations you have and just being able to shine a light back, right? Back to uh, to Christ. So yeah, let's I jump- agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the book? Because I know it's supposed to be really approachable and, you know, bite-sized nuggets of information. So just tell us a little bit about your book because we're going to dive in a little deeper here in a few minutes. So I took a hundred scriptures and they're, you know, more, well, they are grouped into themes. So the first 25 are all surrounded or written about the character of God. The second part is God's desire for his people. The third part is the curious scriptures of the Bible or miraculous or things that are just downright hard to understand. And then the last part is stories and testimonies of God equipping his people. Um, But yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, it was just, I took scriptures that are, for example, like Paul talks about, you know, um, he gives a reference to itching ears, you know, so of course I read that. I'm like, what, do do these people need Benadryl? No, it's Paul's using that phrase itching ears to address um, warnings to his, to his people that don't, you know, follow false teachers. Um, So there are related to scriptures, just like explaining them in in plain English. Um, A lot of it is Old Testament stories. There's a story of the, the axe head that flowed or the talking donkey. Um, and, but a lot of it, you know, the new Testament stories are a lot of just from the epistles, Paul's talking about, um, one of them, for example, is, and and they all open with something personal or relatable. Like, so for example, I share a story of when I sent a classified email to government employees and it caused a little bit of a stir because it was an unsecure inbox. But that segue is when Paul's writing to the Colossians and he's talking, or the the Colossians believe that this message is classified, the message of Christ I'm referring to. And Paul says, no, 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 guys, don't get it twisted. Like this message is not classified information. Like Christ came for everybody. So yeah, just explaining like, you know, the gospel and explaining the Bible. Um, Like I said, they're short, they're only about 500 words each. So it can be kind of written or read like a daily read to kind of expose people to like, what, what is the truth of scripture? Again, it's written to be like kind of a stepping stone. Like if you're starting with the Bible, perhaps you would start here and then seek to understand a little bit more with a more in-depth study. Yeah. I love that because to be honest with you, I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I mean, yes, it's ebbed and flowed, but I mean, I grew up going to church, like, you know, all those things, but it wasn't obviously until as I got older, I would open the Bible, you know, a lot more over the years. But even then, sometimes if I just go straight and open the Bible and it's not like a study Bible or one with commentary, 
Oh, you know, there are days where I read some of it and I think, what in the world? So if you don't go do a Bible study, it, it can be unclear, right? Some of the things or, or what's the context historically? What's the, and so absolutely anything I can get my hands on that helps me comprehend what that scripture is trying to tell me and how I can apply it to my life even now is so powerful, you know? And sometimes that's why I love reading books by pastors or other people where throughout, you know, they share parts of this, um, the word with us, and then they, they dissect it so much deeper, but in a very easy to understand uh, thing that it really inspires me so much more in my faith, right? It encourages yeah. me to get into the word more, to be honest with you. And so I think that that's, your book's going to help a lot of people, I think, be able to be able to Thank do that. You. I just wanted to let you know, I'm so excited to share with you that the doors are now open to my new course, Faith Fueled Joy. You guys, it's been a labor of love and we will officially start the modules in January, but I'm going to have a whole month in December of things to get you started so that you can step into more joy. You can step into more peace and calm in your life and that you can really step into the role in the type of day that God has intended for us. So I'm so, so excited. So if anybody that signs up between now and mid-December, you're going to get all sorts of extras, extra um, modules to kind of get the holidays kick-started in a calmer way. And then we'll start the official four-week course in January. So this is really for any of you, just like myself, that were feeling like daily life was weighing you down or maybe that life is full of so many responsibilities and obligations that there was no time to increase or deepen your faith, have more meaningful relationships, step into or reignite your passion, your creativity, and and just have a calmer spaces and do more for ourselves so that we have more well-being. And so that's what the course is about. I'd love for you to learn more at faithfueledjoy.com. And by the end of the course, you can expect to find more balance and joy that you're craving through meaningful breaks. And this is going to be together with a community of women to support and encourage us that will help us stay on track and achieve our goals. But I want you to say goodbye to the chaos and embrace the life where balance means nurturing your faith, relationships, and passions, one meaningful break at a time. I can't wait to connect with you all and take you through the strategies and tools and the research-based insights that have changed my life and other women's as well. You guys, let's create a life that's flowing with joy, faith, and purpose together. Once again, go check out all the information about the course at faithfueledjoy.com. It's amazing. Yeah. I like how you explained the context or mentioned the context because that was a goal in writing these is like, what, what is the what is the vibe at the time this was written, especially in the Old Testament? Like, what yeah. is God trying to tell his people? There's a lot written like from King Solomon. Like, what, what is the context of the situation? So we can better understand why he's saying this because of here's the environment at this time. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Okay. So do you want to maybe take three of your astounding truths to share with us today? Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, my favorite Bible character, one of my favorite, I have lots of favorites. Um, let's talk about Joseph. Okay. So the Bible tells us in Genesis that he's good looking in form and features. So I read that and I think, okay, he's got a good looking face and a good looking body. But the the story of his life, I mean, there's several chapters of Genesis cover his life, but in a nutshell, he he kind of through no fault of his own, just gets thrown into some really bad circumstances and spends, well, he's accused of rape, which was, you know, a wrong accusation and then spends some time in prison. But he's able years later, um, you see this in Genesis 50, 
verse 20, that he's able to say, man intended for harm, God used for good. So he's able to look at his life and say, yes, I've experienced hardship. Yes, I've been accused of things that were um, wrong. His family, you know, really just threw him under the bus, so to speak. So he's able to say, God, you are sovereign in all things. And that's a theme throughout the book. And, you know, I mean, the, the reality is, I wrote about this theme and then now in real life, I'm experiencing all these things. Like, do I really believe what I say? You know, like, is God sovereign, even in the shadow sides of life, even in the hard things, even in the difficult relationships, which we see Joseph had very difficult relationships with his family members. I was listening to one of the sermons that Mark Batterson had just recently given to his church in DC. Uh, uh-huh. I forget if it's National Community Church, but Anyways, it just, when you were saying that, it reminded me of it. And I had it open because I was starting to do a solo podcast episode about this. But he says, um, Lord, help me to be in the same circumstances as others, but operate in a different spirit. And that's so much basically what they were called. He, Joseph was being called to do, right? Is to not be bitter and angry, but he used his circumstances actually were called not to do those things. And so, so excuse me, those circumstances, but to, to realize that he's, God's going to try to use us in those places. Yeah, that's good. I've read Mark Batterson's book too. I like that. The other one um, I can talk about here, Astounding Truth number 75 is called Two Postpartum Prostitutes. And the context of this is number one, Solomon asking for wisdom. And the, the Bible talks a lot about wisdom. Um, James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask, ask. So that's, that's a reminder too in my life, like, God, I don't know what to do always asking for wisdom and discernment. But um, in First Kings, we read about him praying specifically, give me wisdom. And then sure enough, God gives him an opportunity to, to show that wisdom, to model it. And the, and the story goes that two women who were prostitutes were living together as roommates. They both had babies, but one of the women, um, it appears to be a Sid's death, rolls over or whatever the circumstances, the Bible doesn't give a lot of clarity, but the baby dies. Okay. And so the grieved mom wakes up, obviously distraught that her baby is dead and steals the other woman, the roommate's baby. And so they present, they go to the King and say, here's the situation. And long story short, you know, the, the, the the wisdom God gives him is, okay, we're going to cut the baby in half. If you both are fighting over him and the rightful mom of the baby says, no, let's not do that. She can have them. And then that's how he determines. So, I mean, it's just a reminder in that story of, you know, like every day we as women are faced with, you know, wisdom and parenting, wisdom and marriage, wisdom and career, wisdom in our calling. You know, I mean, it's like there's any day that ends in why we're, we're, we're forced to, you know, seek wisdom. Um, but it's the reminder of asking specifically, Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. And I love that story because, you know, sure enough, that's, that's how God answers his prayer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's uh, I had not heard that in such detail, you know, so, you know, that's, that's amazing. So is there one more that you want to share with us? And then I have some other questions we'll jump into. This is the verse I send my husband every day out the door as a federal employee. Colossians 3.23, it's Astounding Truths 95. God equips his people to have a winning attitude at work. And the scripture is work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So 
again, I didn't have a biblical perspective when I was in a career. This, you know, I didn't come to faith till later in life. I was already a married girl, home with a baby. I mean, that's really how I came to faith is that the Lord stripped everything that I had a high identity in, which was seeking worldly pursuits and the career and the social life and the hobbies and all those things. And then I found myself home with a newborn in a new town. We were in Manhattan, not to be confused with the Big Apple. This was the Little Apple. Uh, Manhattan, Kansas. My husband did his graduate work there. And so I'm home with a baby and, you know, just just having to learn what my life, new life looked like. And that's when I came to faith. That's when the Lord met me and exposed me to the Bible. The verse I like from Colossians 3.23 is that it's the reminder that we don't work, whether we work as a federal employee, we don't work for Joe Biden, whether we work for corporate America and you work for, you know, you, you think you go to work and you're working for your CEO or your boss, but This verse reminds followers of Christ that you ultimately do your best work for the Lord, you know, and that's an important reminder, I think, when you are going to work and struggling with your with your coworkers or your job or your, you know, just what you're doing is that regardless of your circumstances, you work as if you're working for the Lord. Well, yeah, and I think that it's just it's such a good, like you said, reminder that wherever we're at throughout our day or wherever we're we move or whatever we're brought into, it's an opportunity for us to show up, right? And to show up and shine a light and to, to remember that we're often there for some reason, right? And, and so and, right. and it's how we show up. And, and like you said, not only to work well, <laughs> right? To do a good job in the work we're doing, but also in what are what's around us that we're being put into, you know, mm-hmm. for his for his glory, you know? So yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a good reminder. And I love that you you remind your husband of this every day with that scripture. Oh, sure. I even said that this morning. It was his first day back today at his federal job. I'm like, are you going to have a Colossians 3.23 attitude? So it's definitely talked about in our house. And the and the Bible story that goes along with this is the story of Laban. Um, Jacob was forced to kind of understand this because he was working for his father-in-law Laban and tricked him and manipulated him. And he worked seven years to get his wife, but Laban, the father-in-law, tricked him. And so he married the wrong sister, not the one that his heart was in love with. And then he had to work another seven years um, just to get his sister. So it's a reminder that, you know, like just that you're working, you're doing your best work for the Lord. So one thing that I, I was thinking of asking you was, I think it was on your Instagram, you start sharing about that you wrote down your vision and your mission, I think for your book. I don't know if you just did it for your book or if it's for your life. But I was that kind of struck me, and I was thinking I would love to hear a little bit more about that because I think the um, you know the listeners might might enjoy that, right? I think some of some people, some of us, write down a vision or mission mission for what we're working on, whether it's our ministry or our job, our career, if we have a business. But I thought that that was lovely to kind of keep you focused and on track for your your book project, and so I just would love to hear just a little bit about that, you know, because it's coming from a faith perspective. No, that's good. Here, look, I turned off my phone for the interview, but I want to make sure I pull it up when I'm, um, hold on, let me find it. Sorry. Um, actually that's funny. Sorry, not to, not to be recorded, but when I did that video that day and I was reading it from the page, my husband's like, that's probably something you should have like memorized. Like that's, that's the most important thing. I'm like, that's a really good point. I'm embarrassed that I was like reading it. Okay. Yes. The vision and mission. I mean, 
yes, the at, at this point, Astounding Truth is the book, but I look at it more as a ministry. Like, what will the Lord do with this? Is there yeah. more books? Possibly, because, you know, I got through a hundred of them and, I, and, and then I realized, wow, there's very few about Jesus and Jesus is the main guy. Like, there right. might be only four or five that are discussing Jesus. I'm like, wow, maybe that's book two, right? Another hundred that are just related to Jesus. But um, the mission and vision, I mean, yeah, it was a very clear, like, write a mission and vision. And it's only for my own reminder of what what I was doing every day. Because again, every day I started my day in the writing season, like on my knees, like, Lord, give me the words. Like, this is not in my own strength that I can even do this. Like, whatever you want me to say about these, let me explain them, you know, as, as you best um, see fit. But uh, yeah, the mission of Astounding Truth is to pique the interest of the reader who is unfamiliar with the Bible by exposing the curious practical texts of scripture. So just reminding myself that that that's here what I'm doing, like follow the mission. The vision is transform understanding to the world's best-selling book leading to faith in Christ. Because again, the reason I'm doing it is not just, oh, you know, let's better understand the Bible. Yes, that's important, but it's to trigger a relationship with Christ. And again, when I started reading the Bible, I didn't, I didn't have that, you know, the whole question that most popular question, you know, or at least I used to get was, oh, are you religious? It's like, actually, no, I'm not religious. God's desire for his people is not to be religious. Right. It's to be relational. So yes, by exposing the Bible to people is great, but let's do something with it. The goal ultimately is putting your faith in Christ and having a relationship with Lord and you know, with the Lord. And so I really try to be open and honest with people about that. Like it's more than just attending, you know, an hour Sunday service. It's, it's more than just doing the steps or, you know, like the things that, you know, we're told maybe in our faith tradition to do it's what is your relationship with the Bible? And then what is your relationship thus eventually with Christ? So. Yeah. And so well, I love that you wrote that for, you know, working on your book. And like you said, yes, for your ministry, the book is just a tool, right? It's a product. It's one of the ways that you're going to put your, the information you put together about the Bible out into the world. But uh, absolutely. And I actually talk regularly about, um, I've done podcast episodes about it before, about the ministry of you, that everybody has a ministry. I mean, ministry hopefully is pointing back to, to God, pointing back to Christ. But the point is, is it's how you show up in the world. It's how you show up in your day. It's how you show up in everything you're doing. That is the ministry because you have impact and legacy. If you never, you don't have to call it a ministry. No one does have to call it that, but that's what it is. If you're showing up in the world as a Christian, you have a ministry and it's you. It's how you show up in your day. It's how you, you know, handle circumstances. It's um, what you, you know, are you cold, uh, cold tempered, calm, right? And I don't mean we're always those things every second, right? But but I mean, right. that is the hope is that, that we are different, right? It's that whole different spirit. And so, you know, I love that you wrote that because I think if someone's never thought about writing it, it's it's something neat to think about, right? Even if you're somebody listening, thinking, well, I'm not an author or speaker, I don't have a podcast and I'm not a minister at my church or, a pa- you know, like I'm not a youth group person. That's okay. I think it's really about how do you want to show up in the world as a Christian? Right. Yep. How do you want to? And I like so I that. think it's something, you know, worth reflecting on. Yeah, I agree. I like that you said that. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, totally. Whatever, whatever your life looks like. I mean, it, I think it's always encouraging to hear um, that wherever God has you in the season, even if it's, you know, at your workplace or even if you're home and you're just, you know, in mom's groups or going, you know, in your season of going to mops or home with a baby, like your ministry is the people that God has ordained in your life. And of course, 
I mean, every day we're exposed to people that don't know the gospel, even in America, you know, where the gospel is prevalent. It's a reminder every every day when I go out, I'm like, there, there are people that actually don't know this yet. You know, like be a light. It's called lifestyle evangelism. Even if I'm not speaking of Jesus or speaking about the Bible, can someone see that I'm different, that I'm not like the world? I always tell my kids that, you know, you can be of God or of the world. There's two very different angles to take. And I, I know that I, I definitely rode the fence of the, of the world for many years. So I'm so aware of that. And then I see the shift in my life. Of what's different? What is my testimony? What is the fruit of living a gospel centered life? Mm, so good. So, so said so well. So I want to uh, dive into, you talked about the relational, right? The, that that is really kind of the intent, right? Like you said, it's not about religion in the way that we might define it. So I'd love to dig into that for a minute because, you know, one, definitely I've, I've, um, I understand that concept, but I love that concept. Right. I mean, so I just think for anybody that might be thinking, I don't, what, what do we mean relational? You know? So what would you share with us about that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I wrote about that in my book. Actually, I remember the funny story. It was my daughter, her first day of high school and her friend, it was a miscommunication. So here, you know, in, in related to that, this whole conversation of religion and relationship, how it is a kind of miscommunication. Her friend asked her, what lunch do you have? And sure enough, she, her answer was a sandwich and an apple. You know, she's listing her lunch. And, and the friend's question was, no, I mean, what period, what lunch period do you have? But like many things in life, I mean, communication snafus, I mean, they happen every day in my world. I don't know about the rest of you all, but um, the whole, you know, I remember there was a season of my life where people would possibly use the word religious to describe me. And it's like, I mean, I don't want to say that's an insult, but it, but Jesus, when you read through the gospels and you understand, like he's speaking on this topic very transparently, it's, it's not, we're not seeking to be religious. So, um, Pharisees at the time, you know, were all about the religious practices, doing the things that make you religious. And Jesus comes and he's like, no, it's, it's really not about doing those things. It's about relationship. I am seeking a relationship with my people. So, I mean, what that looks like, practically speaking, is, you know, just in an, in an awareness and an acknowledgement of like, I mean, are you studying the word? Are you having, you know, a, a prayer time? Are you, are you speaking to God, you know, like seeking and a- asking him to, to guide your path? Um, so, yeah, I mean, relationship, I mean, to me, for me, it came in the form of, you know, just really being redirecting my community of who who I spent my time with, you know, other Christ followers, people that, you know, had gone before me and discipled me and really modeled what that looked like. So where my life kind of shifted is it's not about the religion or the things I'm doing or just, you know, like I said, the practices. I mean, yes, attending church is great. And that is a biblical command for believers. But more than that, you know, it was there was a big shift in my life when the relationship was just one hour on a Sunday, mean, you know, as compared to like my whole week, you know, the other six days, like, am I honoring God in my just daily lifestyle? So. Absolutely. You know, and like you were saying, I mean, uh, earlier you were just talking about, I mean, it, it is wherever we're at. I mean, sometimes my best conversations around God and just uh, my faith is walking with some of the women in my neighborhood, you know, and they're, we're all at different places in our faith journeys, right? And they all are believers, at least to some extent, but, you know, all practicing at different, different levels. But some of those are the best conversations we have, right? Because some of what we're called to is, it's not necessarily always somebody that doesn't know about Christ yet. And, you know, it doesn't have relationship yet, but it's helping other people deepen our faith by having people around you that have that, it makes you go, 
oh, so this is why such and such, right? And so you're like, yes, you know, when I spent, like, for instance, I talk about it regularly, when I spend more time in prayer in the morning, when I welcome the Holy Spirit into my day, when I have these certain things that I do, I can tell my day is different. I'm showing up in my day different than the days that I don't, like something goes wrong or, and I just don't spend the, the same amount of time on it. Absolutely a different day. You know, I mean, there's still the same spirit, but I can tell that I handle it differently. If I don't keep getting back in touch, right? I don't keep, you know, kind of, uh, you know, checking back in, if you will, right. With God. Yeah, so totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let me ask you, do you have a favorite uh, scripture or Bible story that you think would be encouraging to share with others? And it can just be for a personal reason, or it's a scripture, you know, some people say like, your favorite scripture is kind of like the scripture you're going to live out, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm just curious, like what, what yeah. scripture or story would you share? Um, yeah, a couple of verses come to mind. They're all, they're all words of Paul. Paul is the best, most popular evangelist of all time. And God did a very significant work in his life, even by changing his name. He used to be Saul and then he transitions to Paul, but he writes a letter to the Thessalonians and this verse, it's first Thessalonians 5.24. It's a verse that came to mind when I was in the hardcore season of writing. And it says, he who calls you is faithful and that he will surely do it. So I kind of would meditate on that. Like, God, you've called me to this project. So the days that it's hard or that it's a struggle to sit down and do this discipline and, you know, be productive in the morning while while my son's in preschool, because I only got a few hours every day to work on it. Just a reminder that if God's called us to do something, he will make a way. He will allow it to happen. And I love that. The other verse I love is, there's a verse, it's very pinpoint specific. It says, be joyful always, pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. And that kind of is just such a great, again, Paul's words, but it's a great reminder, like, am I joyful? Be joyful always, give thanks. Am I giving thanks? You know, yes. I mean, when your life is a is a testimony of giving thanks to the Lord, even in the hard stuff, even in stuff that, you know, is part of our sanctification process or, you know, whatever God uses to refine us. It's just, it's a great reminder. It's a, such a pinpoint specific verse, but yeah, be joyful, always pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. Mm, I love both of those. Those are so great. I'm glad you shared those. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's so amazing. Like you said, I'm going to have to really uh, take that, the first one that you shared, and I might have to print that as I'm <laughs> working on more projects, right. Uh, to give glory to God, if you will. So that is a great reminder. You know what I mean? Well, I think, yeah, it's a good reminder when self-doubt creeps in. It's like, right. oh, can I really do this? And, you know, that could be whatever you're called. I mean, there was a season, probably the first 10 years of motherhood, where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can do this. It's so hard. It's so right. hard being a mom. With a little Just kid getting through the day sometimes is a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with three so, or four little kids or even one, if you only have one or, or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's it can be very trying, right? It can be a trying season or at least some trying days or or people that are going through a diagnosis or their spouse or their mm-hmm. child is like, it can be trying. Right. And so absolutely. I think that's, that would, it's definitely an encouraging uh, scripture. And, uh, but even if I'm just sitting there trying to finish something, like you said, just to know like, okay, he's got my back. I just have to keep showing up though. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I agree. So what, what's maybe one last, uh, just word of encouragement or, you know, a story, if you want to share with the listeners, just to encourage them in trying to deepen their uh, faith or their relationship with. I, you know, I would say really be intentional about seeking out people in your life that model this for you. You know, I mean, 
don't isolate yourself. Don't, don't sit back and, you know, just, you know, um, I mean, who, who are you spending time with? Who are the people that influence you or, you know, influence, do you have a church family? Are you, are you seeing them outside of just Sunday mornings? You know, like really be intentional about who you're seeking relationships with and who you allow to influence yourself, what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're listening to, you know, all those things really play a, a role in getting your mind right and letting the Holy Spirit guide, guide your guide your life and your, and your experiences. Um, so yeah, just a reminder that, you know, like if you let the world influence you, that that's, that's what you're going to be leaning towards. But if you let the Lord influence you, that's will really redirect your, your thoughts. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, I love that you shared that because two things, one on, for instance, on, I don't go on Facebook much, although recently I have just because of some work stuff, but I yeah. try to really not go on there much. I don't have it on my phone but I still go on Instagram, but to be honest, I've really curated it. So 80 or 90% of my feed is faith-based or health-based. Like it's all very uh, much aligns with things that I'm interested in and that I want more of. I want to fill me up. So when I go on there, I leave there so excited, encouraged. I've saved scripture and things people have said about God and I've saved help. Like I am pumped. I'm not like a lot of people where they're like, oh, I feel so down. It's because I purposely only following things and saving the things that now I want to go back and share or use or, you know, reflect on. And so absolutely. And like they say, it's whatever we focus on and we feed is what we're going to have more of, not the opposite of. And so we have to keep, you know, renewing, refreshing ourselves and giving ourselves good, uh, you know, scripture, but then also, like you said, other people and other content that's going to encourage us and uplift us. And that's life-giving, you know, not draining us or making us think that something's okay continuously that's not, right? Like the anxiety, the negativity, dark things, I guess. Yeah, no, I well said, and I agree with you. I did the same thing on my Instagram because yeah. it's, it really makes a difference. Absolutely. Okay, so Annie, can you share with us how can people connect with you online, learn more about your book as it's coming out and all those good things? Um, best way probably just connect right now on the socials. I'm at astounding.truth on Instagram and Facebook, and I will be posting shortly, um, the link for the pre-order sales that begin. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you sharing your journey and writing and also being a mom and a wife, and then just also sharing all this, just a, a really fresh, really easy way to understand some of the, um, stories of the Bible and the scripture. So thank you for that. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks again for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you could take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast because it helps our show get discovered by more people. And if you'd like to be encouraged in your faith and in your life, go on to kristenfitch.com and sign up to get my newsletter. I have lots of freebies and lots of inspiration and encouragement that'll be coming your way. And I would love it if you joined part of our community. 